Welcome to the Core Women Podcast. My name is Dr. Summer Watson. I'm a doctor of psychology, podcaster, published author, coach, producer of documentary empowerment films, and empowerment seminars. This podcast is a special place for the hearts and souls of women. It is a place where women share their journeys, strength, resiliency, strategy, and passions. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Colleen Rosenblum, who is a wife, mom of two amazing, almost grown daughters, former attorney, Pilates instructor, and podcaster. She is the co-host of Hot Flashes and Cool Topics. We have so much to talk about, so let's get right into this, Colleen, and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. Oh, I am too. Thank you so much for spending part of your afternoon with me. So let's chat about your personal professional journey. Let's talk about maybe your college days growing up, your decision to be an attorney, and maybe how this journey all evolved. Sure. Well, I went to college my first year at Emory University and I did not like it. So I trained, I'm sorry to all the Emory you know, grads, but I switched over to Boston University. I actually, if we backtrack a little bit, I met my husband in high school. He obviously wasn't my husband then. He was my boyfriend. So we both went to Boston University. And at the time I was completely on track to get my PhD in psychology. That was my goal. But then I realized how long that was going to take. And I wanted to start my life up. So my husband and I both decided, okay, let's book, let's go to law school. So we went to law school and he loved it. I tolerated it. Um, But at that point, you're like, I'm in it. So let's do this. And graduated and started work at a big law firm doing an area of law called eminent domain. And a lot of people don't know what that is, but that's basically taking over property for government purposes. So I worked for the county that we lived in to expand the airport and it doesn't that sound exciting? I know you've already lost some people. Like, oh, great! <laughs> no, um, um, but worked for there for several years until I had my kids, and really never loved the practice of law. Didn't really understand why everybody wanted to fight all the time. Um, I was never, you know, intimidated to go to court. I just didn't enjoy it. So it wasn't. I knew pretty much by that point, it wasn't my passion. It wasn't what I wanted to do for my life. So when I had my daughters, I intended to go back. And my husband kept saying, you're not going back. You're just not. I know you. You can't do it. They're getting little personalities. And he was right. Um, So I stayed home for a while. And until it was time for me to, you know, the kids were in school full time. And I needed to do something for myself. So I said, okay, I can either go back to the practice of law or I can find something that I actually have a passion for. I didn't want my girls to see me in a job that I did not like, that I did not feel energized to go to, that I didn't feel was um, making a change, making even in just one person's life. So I said, okay, let's get off the couch. I was a couch potato most of my life and let's get off the couch and start some exercising and see if that clears my mind and find some perspective. And lo and behold, I started Pilates and fell in love with it, understood the purpose, uh, the intent that Joseph Pilates had in creating Pilates and said, you know what? I am going to study Pilates and spend about a year studying it, which I think was harder than law school because by that point I had two kids, a husband, a mortgage, you know, a lot more in life to juggle, but did that and started my, uh, started teaching 
locally. I was in South Florida at the time. And, and after a few years, developed a group of women that were regular uh, Pilates clients for me. So I started practicing out of my house. And I discovered with Pilates that it is as much a psychology as it is an exercise program. And by that, I mean that many of my clients just wanted to talk. They wanted to have a conversation while they were working out. They wanted to talk about their lives. They wanted to talk about their kids. They wanted to talk about their own purposes in life. So I got to use kind of that psychology background that I loved so much and integrate that with changing people's bodies and minds because it is a connection to your mind and your body. And so did that for about 12 years. I call it the 12-year itch. Did law for about 12 years. That's what I call it, 12-year itch for calling I did 12 years, 12 years. Exactly. For some reason it's 12. So, you know, my poor podcast co-host has another 11 years, but um, I'm kidding. Um, So I, I practiced and I taught Pilates. We moved from South Florida to just outside Nashville when my kids were graduating high school and didn't have a love for it here. Like I did in Florida. I think I was just outgrowing some things and a friend and I were sitting down at lunch saying, you know, she loves podcasts. A friend of ours was starting a podcast that was completely different from what we do. And we were discussing how it, we would just turn about 51 at that point. We're 52 now, how there are so many great podcasts out there for women, but there wasn't one that kind of covered the gamut of midlife. Cause what we are finding out, and I'm, I'm guessing a lot of your listeners that are in middle age range is that we have, grown so much in our society, but there is a demographic of women about age 40 to just below 70. So let's say 45 to 65 that is largely ignored. And by that, I mean, they're not retirement age. They're not raising kids. They're not in, you know, they're not changing diapers and they're not in diapers yet. Okay. So we're somewhere in that middle range. Right. And we now have a good 30 or 40 years of life to look forward to because culturally we have changed so much that we are living longer. We can live if we take care of ourselves well into our 80s and 90s. So what do you want to do with this time? Because you're not old and you're not young. You don't want to be young again and you don't want to be, your mind isn't connected to being older. So what do you do with that? how do you define this great stage of life? And we couldn't find a podcast that really addressed that. We found great ones, maybe on menopause, on empty nesting, on changing careers, and they're all great, but we wanted to do all of that. We kind of wanted to be the umbrella. So we could, since we couldn't find it, we were like, we're going to create it. Why not? We're 52. We can learn this having no idea how complicated the, <laughs> the technical aspects of right. was. And we were like, you know what, if, if it's not out there, then we're going to create it. We're going to create that umbrella that has all the other topics underneath for midlife women and beyond. So that's what we did. And it's been, a, it's been seven months of a roller coaster ride that has been amazing. We've learned so much. We have met so many amazing people like yourself. And of course, and we just, we are so charged and so ready to kind of take on the midlife past cultural norms and change them and let women be whoever they want to be at this stage, change what you want. Don't change what you like, but just keep growing, keep evolving, keep learning, keep on this journey because you have so much time left to, to enjoy. 
You are so right. And I'm so happy to have a podcast out there like yours that covers so many topics. And I love what you said about we have 30 to 40 more years to look forward to. That is so key to look forward to. Exactly. And I think that sometimes people think, oh, we're on the downslope. No, we still have 30 to 40 years where we can actualize, we can learn things, we can do things, we can change lives, we can change our own lives, you know? So. Absolutely. You're not on some pendulum that's swinging towards the older. You're right in the middle. You really are in the middle. And if you look at the happiness curves, you know, women and men tend to be the least happy in their early to mid forties and the curve starts to go up. So we're more of a smile than we are a bell curve. Right. So if you if you look at it that way, it's true. The happiness curve goes back up in your late forties, early fifties. It starts to climb back up because we're starting to, you know, women especially spend so much time putting ourselves last in this journey. Our kids are first, our husband's first, our job is first, our laundry comes before we do. Right. And it is in this time of, of okay, the children are grown, husband, his, his career is still going strong. I can kind of find what I want to do. It may not be the same thing I wanted to do in my 20s and 30s, but I can find a passion. It doesn't have to be huge, but a passion that I want. I can be a little selfish and it's okay. I don't have to feel guilty about finding my own purpose and passion. All such important wisdom. And do you think, I'm going to take you a few steps back because we went through a lot of stuff here. You, you talked about a whole lot of stuff in relation to career change, finding your passion, and then going on and starting something new, such as the podcast, Hot Flashes and Cool Topics. So let me take you back. When you were in college and you were with your high school sweetheart and you looked at each other and said, yeah, okay, let's do law school. When you went through school, law school that is, mm-hmm. what were you thinking then? Because I went through some law school and I thought at the time, I did my turnaround from law school a lot earlier than you did. It was school <laughs> and I did not graduate. So what was that like for you? Because for me, at that time, I kind of had that insight of, you know what? I want to help people, but this is not the way. And I found right. a lot of competition. I found a lot of arguments where I would say to somebody, wow, you did great on a test. Some other law school students would look at me and go, what are you talking about? They're competing with you. How could you compliment? And I'm like, well, that's just my personality. So how did you get through all that? I don't know if you found that to be true for you too during law Oh, school. absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a great question. Um, and I think in our 20s, we are more competitive. Um, we feel like for some women, for some reason, women are, they think there's a finite number of success stories and they have to be one of them. So there, there's not a finite number of success stories, anybody. And, and success is such a personal topic that what you find successful, someone else may not. It's so subjective. Um, I can say that, you know, my husband and I have always been a team. We've always kind of made decisions based on what's best for us. Um, And it's never been like a competition. So we've always worked as a team, which is great. When I went to law school, my intent was to work in adoptions and help children's rights. That was what I wanted to do. So I wasn't fighting the corporate ladder. It was never my intent to do corporate until I realized, oh, wow, you can't make a living working for children. You can't survive. Um, 
I am 10 months older than my husband. So I actually graduated first. So I was like, okay, I need to support us. Um, and I worked, my first job was interning at the Guardian Ad Litem program, which is a program that represents children and children's rights when either there's sexual abuse or there's anything that involves children's rights being and children needing to be removed from the home. Gotcha. And when I saw that and I was fighting for children to be safe, none of the other stuff really mattered. Like it seemed so trivial that we were fighting over how much does this property cost? Um, you know, how much money can you make from this slip and fall? That is important. And I don't mean to minimize it, but in my mind, my personal experience, I was like, none of this means much in the grand scheme of things. So I would always be the one going to court going, can't we just all get along? (laughs) Come on people. The end of the day, this is just dollar signs. And they would look at me like, you are insane. You know what I mean? Like, Like, I remember... In law school, I think it was maybe my third year, you have to do uh, mock trials and they video them. And they take you into a room and they, they have a panel that critiques your mock trials. And I remember the first guy looking at me and going, you shouldn't wear glasses. And I'm like, that's your first critique, not how I perform, not my cross-examinations, not my opening statement. You don't like my glasses. Yes, you look better without glasses. And I said, okay, so now I will wear glasses throughout my entire life just to piss you off because that's stupid. Um, I mean, honestly, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, that's the best criticism. I I guess I should have taken it as a compliment, but I think I looked at him like he had three heads and I was like, moving on. Okay, does anybody have anything productive to say that I can or would want to change? So I, I never had that passion for... I'm going up the corporate ladder. I'm going to make partner. Watch me go. It was always about what can I give to the community? What can I do? Um, And unfortunately, in this world, you don't survive monetarily doing that. It's a shame, but it's reality. So success was never for me defined as, can I step on this person to make partner first? It just wasn't, it wasn't important. And my husband, I'm very biased, but he's so talented at what he does that he just naturally walked up. He kind of didn't even have to climb it. He just walked up the ladder. Um, And again, since we're a team, I was so happy for him. And he's so supportive of me that I wasn't luckily in a position where he was like, no, you're making good money. You must stay there. Or I felt guilty because I was making good money, I should stay there. As long as we were working together, then it just, it went well. And I'm very blessed with that. And I'll never take that for granted. And see, that is so nice because I think that that concept of team that you had was something very special. Yes. Especially since you went through some of that career change together. I agree. And I know a lot of people who went through it and it was a fight and it was a battle and it wasn't a team effort. Right. And a lot of times, like I went from California back East to Quinnipiac university and I was so out of my norm that I felt so alone and isolated at the time that I was going through law school. Plus there were so many changes with the school going on at the time that I thought, Oh my gosh, that with the competitiveness and I'm a competitive person, but it, there was a different, there was a different vibe about the right. competition there. 
And so it was like, nope, I'll cut your throat in a second. And I'm oh, like, abs- oh, absolutely, wow. absolutely. <laughs> you know? And that's how shocking it was for me. So I think being a West Coast girl going to the East Coast, there were also some like, not that I was a big drinker, but there was also some laws that you couldn't drink after seven, you couldn't drink on the weekends. And, and it's like, wow. this is so strange for me. All this is so different. And I think because of all of those changes, I decided, you know what, this just isn't for me. And so I, I am always, I have girlfriends and friends that are attorneys and I'm thinking, wow, you know, it takes some special people. It takes some special people to do very different career choices. And I think that you being able to do that, experience that, and then turn around and pivot and say, you know what, this isn't for me. Now, because you have that team, you have that partner who was of such support, you're able to look at that and say, you know what, you're right. I don't want to go back. I want to raise my girls. I want to raise my kids. And I want to do something that I'm more passionate about. And then you found Pilates. So let's go into the Pilates journey because I know you said that that's something that you really loved and you got off the couch and you decided, yes, this is what I'm going towards now. So how did that change your life? I know that you were able to use some of your psychology that you wanted to learn because you are. When you exercise, there's endorphins going, there's a lot of release there. I know that I've talked to people who do SoulCycle and they said, wow, the first couple of times I did it, I just, I just let loose and I was in tears. And so did you have that? Did you work with that? Because I know people when they're going through exercise or trying time, they're releasing a lot. So how did you deal with that as an instructor? How did you deal with so much release from others? That's a good way to describe it. And I found that it was much more frustrating for me to teach large classes than it was to teach either um, two or either individuals or duo. So I found that I kind of geared towards doing duets and doing singles, privates, because I was able to get into the body of the person I was training to, you know, with Pilates, it's a lot of form. It's not about repetition. It's about doing it properly. So while I was shifting their bodies, they were kind of shifting their minds Mm. and they were able to communicate. Some of them I'd be like, all right, focus back on what we're doing, but they were able to communicate because like you said, they're not thinking so much about the words that are coming out of their mouth. So it's in a way as much a therapy session. Right. As it is an exercise session. And I love that. I loved that aspect of it. Um, I would see their body start to change, but I'd also see them just spending that hour to themselves. They turn their phone off. They weren't going to answer their work phone. They weren't going to answer the kids, you know, and it was just time for them. And women need that, especially when they are burning both ends of a candle and have no time for themselves. They need that even if it's just an hour, twice a week to just focus on themselves. So I, I learned, I think in the process of changing this, that it is not the title of your job that matters. It's, can you change their life for the better? And that does not have to be, you know, when I, I will not lie. When I went in to teach Pilates and people said, I'm sorry, you're an attorney and you gave up the practice of law to become like, as if that was somehow stepping down or giving up. And I never thought of it that way. I mean, my girls, 
they went to a school with a lot of parent, parents that were doctors and lawyers. So when they would say, my mom's a Pilates instructor, like it was something cool because everybody else's parents are like, my parents, like, you know, a cardiologist or my, you know, right. mom's a, an attorney. And they're like, yeah, but my mom's a Pilates instructor. Like it was <laughs> That's awesome. a big thing because it was something different. And right. I've always taught them to follow your passion. You, you don't have to have that yes it's great and if you love it go for it if that's what it is it you know if that brings you the joy you need in your life but if it's not and you have a chance or an opportunity to change that take that opportunity because it doesn't always come around twice and do the best i've always said to my girls if you're going to do something do it 100% research it learn it because my what i took from law school was the ability to research i'm a very big researcher and writer i love to write i love to research you can apply that to the study of Pilates. You can apply that a lot to podcasting. I mean, you know that, that oh, yeah. comes in real handy. So if I'm able to morph the ability to use my psychology education and my, I graduated with a communications degree and my research skills, well, those three add up to the perfect complement of doing a podcast. Absolutely. That- so it, it all kind of more, it just, it's a journey that you're on. And if you're on the right one, doors just seem to open. If you're fighting it and the doors, well, maybe that's not the right path for you. I know that sounds a little woo-woo, but I do believe it. No, and I get it. I, I absolutely get it. It doesn't sound woo-woo to me at all. And I think also what might be a value is the wisdom that you offered throughout this, this podcast so far is that you are looking to offer value back into the community, to give yes. value to community. And for you, that was a journey of how do I do this? And is it through law? Is it through Pilates? Is it through a podcast? And you found your way each time. And you've brought from those experiences, all that wisdom, those skills. And now you're applying that to hot flashes and cool topics. So tell us, you've kind of told us about this podcast, but tell us what is your specific mission? What do you get from it? What is the value that you get from it? And what is the value you think you can provide back into community? My intent in starting it was to change the narrative in midlife for women to make us feel, not make us, because I don't think we're at a stage where anything needs to, anything should be forced, but to kind of subtly make, have women realize that this is a great time of life. I think there are many women who are starting to have children grow and maybe don't know how to deal with that, how to define that. And instead of always looking behind you like, oh, I raised my kids, oh, I had my career, oh, I bought my first house, I did all that. There's so much to look forward to. Reframe it to a positive forward and not a focus on your past because your past is a wonderful history and it's a foundation, but it's not your whole story. You still have a lot of chapters left. Yeah, absolutely. How do you, how do you want to write those? And by kind of looking at it as a way to get women to hear the opportunities, the possibilities I have been given so much in return because I met amazing women doing amazing, amazing things in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond. They, age has not stopped them. Age is not an excuse that they use for anything, but it's also offering them, age offers a certain level of grace as we get older, and we have to offer that grace to ourselves as well as other people. We have to allow ourselves to work at the pace that 
works for us, not at the pace of the rest of the world. Cause I think when you're in your twenties and thirties, you're trying to keep up with the pace of the world, what's going on in the world, what's going on with your peers. And you're given that kind of grace in your forties, fifties and sixties to work at your own pace. And that's a wonderful thing. That's a gift. So I, I write a blog called freedom in your fifties, because I think a lot of women look at stuff the wrong way. Like one of the things I did and it's silly and it's small, but it was for me. I, when my kids graduated high school and left for college, I threw in the alarm clock or didn't set the timer on the phone because I was given the gift of being able to wake up when I wanted to wake up. I was silly and swapping for 25 years or so I spent, I had that alarm clock set every day to get up and get breakfast ready and, and what, and do it. And then when they left for school, make the phone calls for busy, I was able to just have the gift of, I can get up whenever my body tells me it's time to get up. And that was awesome. And I love it. And every day I'm so excited about it. Well, that is a huge gift, Colleen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Here's the gift of not having to get up to an alarm clock is awesome. So. It's, and that's, but I'm saying I tried to focus on, okay, what's the positive here? Yes, right. you are absolutely allowed to be sad. You are absolutely allowed to mourn the, the chapters of your life that have been have gone. But at the same time, you can feel joy and excitement for the next chapters. It doesn't have to be one or the other. You can acknowledge that, yes, I have melancholy because my kids don't need me as much. And this career, I might not be looked at as the young upcomer. But at the same exact time you're feeling those feelings, you can be like, what's my next chapter? What movie am I, what date night am I going to go out with my husband on or my girlfriends? Let's plan a girl's trip away for a week. Well, not during coronavirus, but you know what I mean? Right. Um, You can have both feelings. They can live in the same body and it's okay. One does not have to rule the other. So I want women to give themselves the freedom to look forward to the simplest things in life. And once you start to build that, it just becomes bigger and bigger and you start looking for the positives and you start wanting to pay it forward, which I have always felt is what brings you joy and what brings you, it comes back to you so much more. And I love seeing that in my daughters. My oldest daughter is a preschool teacher for special needs children. And this lockdown just, it just took such a toll on her. She missed her children so much. And what she gives them and the love she has for them, that's just a joy for me to watch. I mean, it's just an absolute pleasure because she's finding what gives her passion and she's, and she wants to get her PhD. She wants to study um, behavioral science with children who are younger because a lot of, um, a lot of schools will focus on psychological, but they don't include the emotional aspect, children that have emotional problems. And she wants to just die that she's so me in that <laughs> She just wants to dive in and learn as much as she can, but for a, a bigger purpose. And that's just a great thing. I think, you know, some, some women get need that corporate distinction. I've just, the titles for me have never meant much. Well, I love your journey. I love what you've told us this far and all the wisdom that you've offered here, but I'm going to wrap this up and sure. you've given us so much already, but if you had to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? Give yourself a break. Um, it's, it's not, you'll be okay. You know what I mean? It, it will work out. And I, and just, just try, 
I think as we get older, we have so many little sayings and, and words like this too shall pass and all that fun stuff. But honestly, it's going to be okay. So if you want to try it, go for it. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. If it brings you joy and you can be creative enough to find a way to make a living from it, even better. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Colleen, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And, and I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. If you'd like to know more about Colleen, please follow Hot Flashes and Cool Topics on Instagram and Facebook and at their website, hotflashesandcooltopics.com. And check out her podcast, Hot Flashes and Cool Topics on your favorite podcast platform. If you need a strategic empowerment coach, contact me. If you want to tell your story of empowerment or how you have reconstructed your life to drive change, send me a video or an email of your story providing permission to use it on my social media platforms. If you want to be featured on my podcast, reach out to me at info at corewomen.com. I want to hear from you and to get to know you. You are now part of the Core Women home. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn from one another. Please follow Core Women on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please let your women friends know about this podcast. If you write about Core Women in your social media posts, please hashtag Core Women. This is all about women. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about Core Women, and please stay tuned for continued growth of the Core Women movement. Let's grow and drive change together.